Welcome to the 902 podcast, the official podcast of the Lancaster County Sheriff's Office in Lincoln, Nebraska. I'm Captain John Vick, and I want to thank you for tuning in. This podcast will give you an inside look at LSO with topics and guests to discuss public safety issues impacting Lancaster County. Be sure to subscribe for highlights on news cases and the people working for you at LSO. You can also follow us across social media by searching for at LSO Nebraska. That's at LSO Nebraska on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Welcome to the 902 podcast. We are in studio today just with uh, myself and Sheriff Wagner, Chief Deputy Houchins on... Uh, Oh, I don't know. On a holiday. We're in a holiday. On a holiday. Yes. Tis, tis the season. We've got to get rid of some personal holidays That's and things right. like that. But we're not alone. Uh, we're joined by one of our school resource officers, Deputy Brian Pitts. Hello. Thanks for being here, Brian. Absolutely. We, uh, we wanted to bring you in because it's kind of a timely topic right now. It's August. School's starting back up. Um, we've got a couple county schools that are already back in session. You happen to be an SRO at a couple schools. We'll talk about those specifically in a little bit. But... Thought it was a good idea just to, to bring you on and uh, talk about some back-to-school safety stuff and other topics about that. But let's talk a little bit about you so that our listeners can get to know you. Where are you from, and how did how did you come to us here at the Sheriff's Office? So I am from Elmwood. It's a small town east of Lincoln, about 20 minutes. I grew up there, graduated from Elmwood Murdoch. Um, end up going to Nebraska Westland where I majored in sociology and minored in criminal justice. Um, you know, looking at law enforcement when I was a kid and I was little, you know, cops was on, you watch movies, it looks exciting, looks fun. And it was something that, Hey, that's cool. I want to be a cop when I get older. And so as I was getting older, you know, they start talking about careers and everything that that, hey, what are you looking at doing? Well, that was always in the back of my mind of what I wanted to do. And so as I got older, you know, in my mind, hey, I want to go do something where I'm still helping people out as well. Well, that just lined up with exactly what law enforcement is. Um, you can get the fun, exciting side of it, but yet I'm still helping people. And so I stuck through it. I did some research through high school, um, job shadows, internship. And through all that, it was something that you know, through education and the research, I decided, you know, that is something I want to go into and that's what I want to do uh, for my career. And so as I was looking around, I was looking for jobs and, and obviously LSO was hiring. And so I applied here and, and fortunately got hired on. Yeah. You, uh, you started a little bit after me, probably. So 2008, 2008. I was hired. Yep. Okay. Awesome. Yep. Do you remember, um, you know, growing up having, police officers at school or anything like that or deputies or what, what was your kind of exposure um when you're a school age we never had anybody we did the dare program yeah and we had great and those were both positive experiences obviously mm -hmm. um i did get to read my um letter that we got to write at the end um so i was chosen for that so i did something good in dare i guess cool um and then went on to great and and those were good experiences but overall i didn't have a whole lot of experience with law enforcement growing up specifically so. okay all right awesome awesome well talk us through your career here at the sheriff's office a little bit so how where did where did you start and kind of how where have you uh what positions have you worked here okay so um i was hired april 30th of 2008 and went to the academy graduated the academy 8808 and i can always remember that one because it was okay. pretty easy <laughs> yep you're coming up on your anniversary just past your anniversary yeah. here so yeah. yeah so awesome 
Um, so then when I got back here, obviously go through the FDO program and, mm -hmm. and got placed on patrol. And, and for the first seven years uh, while we were here, I was on patrol working. Uh, I worked third shift most of the time. And then I think I worked a second shift and then first shift. And mm -hmm. um, towards the end, we started doing projects um, while we were on patrol. And one of the things I did was uh, lunch with the deputy. Okay. And so we'd go around to the schools and kind of sit and eat with kids, talk with them. And um, I enjoyed doing that. And some people recognize that. And so when the school resource officer position opened up here, um, I put my name in for it and I got it. And so that's how I got into being a school resource officer here. I've been doing that for the last seven years. Yeah. And so now I'm starting another road, three year rotation. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'll have a total of 10 years in when um, this next one is completed. My next rotation is completed. Yeah. Um, so in the meantime, I've been selected as an EVOC instructor, and I've been doing that for the last five years. And then I am a taser instructor as well, which I've been doing that for the last six years. Um, along with that, obviously, then I go teach training, uh, in-service training to the deputies, um, certify them with their tasers, um, teach EVOC pursuit driving. Um, and then we also have the mini academy. So when new recruits come in, I right. get to teach them too as well and, and educate them on those areas so that they're... Well-informed. So help our listeners out if they don't know EVOC. What's, what's that stand for? EVOC is Emergency Vehicle Operations. And so it's it's pursuit driving. It's, it's, yep. it's not necessarily always pursuit driving. It's teaching them, you know, a lot of accidents that we have are backing up accidents. So mm -hmm. when we do our courses, we do a lot of backing. We teach them how to use their mirrors and um, properly set everything up like that. So that way when they're driving, it's less stressful, stressful for them. So what all did you do for your EVOC instructor course? How far did you have to go for that? Did I went out to Hastings. Hastings, okay. Yep, the track out there. Okay. And we were out there for four or five days. I can't even remember. But okay. um, it was actually a pretty fun time, a pretty fun experience, and it was a lot of driving. Yeah. And so um, it was a very good experience. And then just recently we got to go to a conference in Iowa, and uh, that was a really good experience trying to learn some new things from there. And then um, I actually became uh, certified in the TVI Right. Um, the tactical vehicle intervention um, so that I could teach that when I got back here too. So kind of like the pit maneuver. Some pit, people think of that. Correct. Yep. Thing, so, yep. okay. Awesome. Hey, I'm captain John Vick with the Lancaster County Sheriff's office. When it comes to your career, don't settle for good enough. Don't settle for ordinary. We won't either be different, be better, be exceptional. Start your future today at joinlso.com. Let's shift gears a little bit into the school resource officer stuff specifically. So why, why do we have, and maybe I'll, I'll pose this to the sheriff. We haven't always had school resource officers at the sheriff's office, but I think this started... I don't know, 15, 20 years ago. Well, interestingly enough, if you go back through some of our old um, end of year reports, mm -hmm. we had we had uh, school resource officers in the 70s. Oh, you really? 73, 74, we had school resource officers. Um, when I first started in 76, uh, I think we had one school resource officer in Norris. And then um, that sort of morphed into the their program that, that Brian mentioned. Um, and that seemed to be... Um, a maybe a little bit better fit. <clears throat> so we had two deputies who were trained in the D.A.R.E. program and, and taught those in all of the Lancaster County schools. And we had we had a number of one-room schoolhouses back then that were 
K through eight, eighth grade. Yep. And um, so, yeah, those guys were busy all the time and, and did that. And um, D.A.R.E. kind of uh, reached its plateau in, in about, the, oh, gosh, middle 2000s, maybe, mm -hmm. uh, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And the, tr the transition was to just full-time school resource officers in schools. Yep. Um, some teaching like D.A.R.E. does, but also um, just as mentors and as uh, as a part of the, really part of the uh, school staff that, that are there every day that kids can go to if they need to. Um, and if there's a, a, another issue or a bigger problem, the deputy's there to, to help keep that in check. Mm -hmm. Now it's sort of evolved with uh, school shootings, unfortunately, that have been occurring nationwide. School resource officers are very important, and they're our first line of response should, right. should a catastrophic event happen in school. Yeah, kind of an extra layer of the security that's going into schools now. Absolutely, and that's, that's kind of how I look at school resource officers is our primary job is the safety and security of that building. Mm -hmm. And are there bunch of other jobs we have within it yes but that's our primary job um, so I know through my trainings we do the National Association of School Resource Officers we um, through their trainings they, they I think they say it pretty well you know we're as school resource officers we're informal counselors mm -hmm. we're teachers and then we're law enforcement officers yep. and so it's nice to be able to get in the school and and do the safety and security side but yet still be able to on a daily job, you know, or a daily basis, go in and maybe teach a class sure. on something, you know, educate the kids on a topic that I have maybe knowledge on or some training that I got that I can um, share with them or even the teacher. Um, but overall, you know, while we're doing the safety and security side and we're doing the teaching, we're doing the informal counseling, we're, we are doing law enforcement. So yes, if, if there is a law violation, we'll be involved in, and we'll try to take care of that how we need to. Mm -hmm. um, but the big picture is is also uh, bridging the gap with the youth and trying to get that relationship built with youth to try to understand who we are. Mm -hmm. And so when they, if they have to encounter us, they say, okay, I've dealt with an officer. I don't have to be so nervous. Um, they're good people. They're humans too. Um, and just really get that relationship built up. And, and that's one of the things I enjoy the most, actually, yeah. as a school resource officer is building those re uh, relationships with the students and what you see is after kids graduate, you know, sometimes they're like, well, hey, I want to stay in touch with you. And I'll say, okay, here's my email. Or, you know, some kids actually have moved on. They have my phone number, so they call me and still ask me questions, whatever. I had one student invite me to her wedding. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, there's still that relationship there. And, and it's nice to know that I'm building those relationships and keeping positive relationships out there with kids. Well, and I think that's just, that's that's a part of safety and security too. It's just rather than the, you know, the immediate responding to an incident, that's kind of the long game of, of adding to that just stability and, and hopefully that healthy relationships of the school environment. Right. Absolutely. That, uh, you know, you really have to build over time. So, yep. That's awesome. Um, Sheriff, you mentioned, mentioned a school or two, um, kind of going through the history of SROs here, but currently we've got four school districts that employ SROs in Lancaster County. Correct. So Brian, <clears throat> where, where are you stationed right now? Right now, I'm at Malcolm and Raymond Central. Cole Mustangs? Yes. I, I just slipped that in there. <laughs> and the Clippers are fine, too, but I'm, you know, being an, being I, an alumni. I, I get you. Yeah. 
No, that's good. Have you always been at those two schools um, for, for your SRO? I have. That's, okay. that's when, when those schools, so we originally had the two SROs, and they would be one at Malcolm and they're in Norris and then Raymond Central and Waverly. Well, being that Norris and Waverly were getting pretty large in size, they decided they wanted their own SROs. And so once they got their own, they, we opened up another position, and that's when I applied for it, and that's where I got Malcolm and Raymond Central, and I've been there for the last seven years. So you kind of split time between, yep. between those two districts yep. and very good. Sheriff, how does, how, how does that talk go with the school district, um, and, and who, who, pays the, who pays the bills, so to speak? For we have, a, we have a formula where, you know, obviously the deputies aren't there every day mm-hmm. of the year, and so... Um, you know, we subtract out the summer vacation and those times when we can use the deputies in another role within our office. And, um, and then in the case of Raymond Central and, and Malcolm, then they, that whatever that cost might be, then that's split between those two schools and they each pay that percentage uh, of the deputies' wages and benefits and patrol car, that kind of thing. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, and I know... Um, obviously, you guys stay very busy during the school year, but we get a lot of work out of you during the summer too, um, helping out, you know, covering vacations and things like that. Where where were you at this last? Or well, I guess you haven't started school yet. Are you back at the school? Or are you still? I am not. We start on Tuesday at Raymond Central. Um, this summer, I was assigned to court security, so okay. I was up working courts, and I actually it's something I've been wanting to kind of experience because I didn't know much about up there, and so yeah. it was kind of nice and educational for me to go up there and and learn a few things and meet some judges and, and some other people up there. So, yeah. So different division you got under your belt now from, Absolutely. from the last yep. summer. Awesome. Yep. And, you know, it really helps us out with vacations. Yep. You know, we had some major medical issues on a couple injuries, yeah. injuries. And, and so the SROs really help help fill those spots for other areas within the office. So Brian, walk us through what is now that with the school year starting, what is a, what does a typical day look like for you as a school resource officer? So when I get up in the morning, it, I kind of look at my day just like if I was on patrol. And so if I'm going to be going to work, I'm not sure what my day is going to look like exactly. Yeah. You know, if I have a presentation planned, yes, I know that. Uh, you know, am I going to be out at lunch duty? Yes, I'll be out doing that. Um, but as far as the day goes, you know, typically I'll get to the school. Uh, we meet, greet the students as they come in. Um, a lot of times I walk the halls between classes. I'm checking doors. I, I'll walk outside the school. Um, obviously, we, we want the building to be secure, locked mm-hmm. up, and so I make sure I check that quite often. Um, and then it can go into anything as, okay, now we have a student issue. There's something where we need you. Um, can you come in? And, and not every time is it something law enforcement related, but they kind of like my input on things. And whether it's something we're dealing with bullying or we're dealing with uh, disrespect kind of thing, sometimes mm-hmm. they ask us, hey, can you come and talk to the students? So I'll go do that. Um, you know, if there's a law violation, uh, they'll typically get a hold of me and we'll, we'll work through that law violation how we need to and, and work it how it, you know, it, it, does there need to be a citation? Can we correct this uh, behavior a different way? Um, and then... You know, a lot of times I'll go into classrooms, um, like Malcolm is K through 12, mm-hmm. and then Raymond Central's 6 through 12. So with the younger students, they'll do activities, and they'll ask me to come in. Hey, we're doing this activity today. Can you come in and do it with us? You know, can you yeah. do the activity? And, and I'll go in, and I'll help out, and it's fun for the kids. You know, they get to talk to me, spend a little more time, and get to know me. So 
when they see me in the halls, they don't just give me that, you know, stare. Mm-hmm. They actually say, oh, hi, and, you know, give them the fives and all that stuff. So, right. um, and then sometimes, you know, with the older kids, if you go to their gym classes, um, there's more, a little more involvement there uh, with, with them and, you know, go and shoot some hoops or something like that during class. But, and then, you know, end of the day, you greet the students, you know, drive safe, you know, send them on mm-hmm. their way and hopefully, you know, they're good to go the rest of the day and they're coming back the next day. Sometimes you guys deal with traffic issues around yep. the schools you know, yep. as well. I mean, you've got a cruiser there, you've got radar and all the things that a, a patrol deputy would have. So, um, you know, I, I know this just came up uh, the first day of school on, on 68th street down mm-hmm. by Norris. There was already a, a crash down there. And I know there's some yep. traffic concerns, um, at a couple of our schools. What, what are you, what are you, you know, what are you trying to, how, how do you address traffic stuff with like, especially high school students? What's your message for them? So even, I mean, I mean, even on the roads, the highways, but even in the parking lot, we have issues with kids and, mm-hmm. and you know, how they're driving their habits and everything. And so typically, um, if there is an issue or if someone's reported driving a certain way, you know, I pull them aside and I talk to them about driving, driving habits, um, you know, accidents, uh, I believe is still the, the leading um, killer of, of kids. Yeah. And so it's very important to try to get them to understand um, driving and distracted driving uh, because distracted driving, that's, that's our huge one. And that's what I typically talk about when I talk to kids is distracted driving. I actually have a full presentation on it. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of the things kids don't understand is, you know, obviously the phone thing is a big issue. And it's not just kids that do that. It's, it's adults. Too. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll pull up to a light and I'll look right and left and usually you know, both of them are on their phone, if not one of them for sure. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I try to educate them about the distracted driving speed. Um, we'll go out and sit in the school zones. Um, typically I don't have time always before school, but most of the time after school I go sit and, you know, everybody sees me and, you know, they're waving and they're yeah. driving how they're supposed to. Um, but just being visible, communicating with them, correcting the behaviors as we see them, um, really letting them know that even though, uh, you, you know, you think you're driving safe. There's also other people out on the road that you got to worry about as well. Mm-hmm. And so that's why your full attention for driving is always needed, you know, and then I look at, you know, parents, just people in general driving around. If you're driving in a school zone, know that you're driving in an area where there's going to be kids driving that aren't as experienced either. Good point. Yeah. You know, and then we got County. So, you know, you look at Raymond central, that's out a highway that's a highway going across the school you're not going to see a lot of kids walking to school or riding their bike but mm-hmm. you will in malcolm and you will in waverly yep. and so you got to remember those kids are out there they're crossing the street there's going to be a lot of people so really watch your speed drive safe and just be aware of your surroundings when you're driving and try not to do distracted driving yeah and one of the unique things you know in with the county schools are that students at age 14 can get a school permit depending upon if they meet the criteria so you've got 14-year-old drivers yeah. um, driving to school yeah. who are much less experienced than than other folks who might be, and so you need to take that into account as well as that lack of experience that Brian mentioned earlier. Yeah, yep. for sure. I mean, I I can remember driving to Raymond Central. I I was one of those. I had a school permit. I'm 14, 15 mm-hmm. years old, and and especially for those more rural-based schools, you know, you have a lot. You just have a lot more vehicular traffic because that's the way they're getting there yep. and they're either riding the bus or parents, parents. dropping them off or they're yep. driving themselves. So yeah, certainly an issue. Um, you know, you talked about kind of meeting with the administration and teachers about various issues. And this is a question that I know that we get sometimes at community presentations and you hear in the media, but they, 
people talk about this school to prison pipeline or there's maybe some pushback about having police officers, law enforcement officers, deputy sheriffs in school because um, I, I think maybe there's a feeling among some that we we shouldn't be involved in in some of the things that we're involved with at school. Are you the first call, you know, for a principal or for a teacher when there's a disciplinary issue? No. A lot of times the school will look into it themselves and determine the course of action that they feel is best. Mm -hmm. And I know there's times that the school handles situations that I'm not even informed of sometimes, and which is fine if that's how they want to handle it, you know, and everybody involved is happy with how they do it. Mm -hmm. um, it works out that way. Now, are there certain situations where, yeah, they feel like this is this is enough to where we need law enforcement involved? Yes. So then they do notify me. And then if I'm at the school, obviously I'm there already. Otherwise, I'll respond to that school and uh, work the call as needed. Now, when you're talking about the school to prison pipeline, now, if we're working a law violation, we're not there just to say, hey, we're writing a ticket. Boom. Now you're in the courts. Now you're right. just going to keep going through that process. That is not the goal of an SRO. Definitely not the goal of the SROs here at Lancaster County. Mm -hmm. um, I know we're all on the same page about let's figure out how we can work this call and decide the best course of action to correct these behaviors. And if it means, you know, the school disciplinary is going to be enough for this kid, mm -hmm. great. If the parents are going to handle it, great. We can we can work with that stuff. Are now are there repetitive behaviors and things that need corrected? Sometimes if we've tried other options, then yeah, maybe sometimes we'll issue a citation. Um, but overall, we're not there just to write a ticket and send a kid to court and say, here, go figure it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, there, I think there's a lot of professions, Sheriff, that involve that. Some call it a multidisciplinary team and, you know, putting a few, right. few extra heads together in a room. And I, I think we encourage all of our school districts to do that, that, uh, you know, it, it's part of the it's in the name. You're a school resource right. officer. And, and certainly consulting with you um, never locks us into a certain course of action or, or anything like that. But, uh, but just, you know, having another voice in the room when we're trying to figure out the best resolution for a kid, I don't, I don't think that's ever a bad thing. No. You know, and there, there, there are some models out there where oh, health and human services, um, mm -hmm. child protective services, uh, they get involved and law enforcement is involved and the school's involved. And a lot of times if each one of these groups is seeing a little bit of a problem, but when you overlay those things, it, it might point to a, a bigger problem. And, um, you know, maybe CPS can help with their home life. Mm -hmm. uh, the school system can help with their, their academics and their, their, uh, their exposure at school. And, then, and if need be, then, then we can come in and take, uh, take action if that's necessary. Yeah, and I, I know we've, we've talked about this in some trainings too, and I've, I've heard the SROs talk about it, um, Brian, but... The kids that go to the schools in Lancaster County, I mean, we we view them as as like we would our own kids, you know, and, and oh, we, yeah. we want them to be healthy and safe and successful. And um, so I I just I'm glad that I work at a place that that that's the that's the culture that we have. And uh, and I appreciate you guys for for moving that forward at all the schools that you guys are at um, oh, yeah. during the school year. I teach them or have them like they're your own kid. That's exactly I don't treat them any different than I treat my kids and. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing. And, and I'm not trying to sit there and be best friends with them or anything, but um, I enjoy the interaction and, and knowing that what I'm doing is hopefully making a difference for these kids. Yeah, absolutely.
Hi, I'm Deputy Brian Pitts, a school resource officer at Malcolm and Raymond Central Public Schools. If you want a challenging career, a career where you can make a difference in your life, your family's life, and the lives of those in your community, come and join the Lancaster County Sheriff's Office. To learn more or apply, visit us online at www.joinlso.com. Speaking of making a difference for kids, let's transition a little bit. We, we touched a little bit on, on some safety issues, but since it is back to school season, we want to talk about some simple things that kids, students, parents, teachers, grandparents can all do as far as safety tips now that we're heading back to school. So let's walk through some of the things that, uh, th- that you usually offer for reminders for people. Uh, how about when it comes to bus safety for people that are riding the bus? So... Bus safety is actually one of the biggest issues we have, and it's not necessarily always the kids on the bus. Mm-hmm. It's when the buses are making stops and dropping off kids or picking up kids. And so obviously you see that stop arm out. There's a law for that that says if the stop arm is out, you have to stop. So From either direction. Yes, correct, from either direction. Whether you're, yeah, you're behind them or you're coming yeah, towards mm-hmm. them, it, it doesn't make a difference. And that law, the way it's stated, says as soon as you start seeing the yellow amber lights going, you're supposed to immediately slow down to no more than 25 miles an hour. And then uh, when that bus comes to a stop and the stop arm comes out, you have to stop. And if you pass the bus, then it's a violation. Um, A lot of people don't realize the fine for that violation. And it's actually a class five misdemeanor and it's a $500 fine Hmm. for that, for that violation. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. And so sometimes I've presented it to people um, and told them about this and, some of them have received tickets due to the nature of it, kids actually crossing um, the speed they were driving. Um, they don't, they're not too happy about it. And I understand it's a big fine, yep. um, but it's all about safety for the kids at that point. And so usually at the end of the, the conversation, they understand why and, and hopefully in the future it corrects their behavior and, and we don't have to worry about them violating it. So one thing that, you know, people may or may not know, but, this this time of year and and sometimes when we get complaints about it we'll actually put deputies on a school bus oh yeah and uh and you know we'll work a a traffic selective um surrounding surrounding school buses just with that violation so um never hurts to have that in the back of your mind if you're thinking about going around a school bus that uh, there might be a deputy on that bus absolutely and i think almost every school bus has cameras on them right now front front and back so you everything's caught so not not worth the 500 bucks no it's not i agree so what what else about traffic? We talked about traffic a little bit, but uh, but let's let's dive into that a little bit further. Well, my big thing was about when you're in school zones, slow down. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of kids involved there, whether it's once again in the county or in the in town. Um, kids will be walking, riding bikes, whatever it is. Um, make sure you just watch your speed. I, I know um, Raymond Central on Agnew Road. There, there's cars that you know it's it's out of ways from the city, but. And they'll drive kind of quick through there. And mm-hmm. so we'll run traffic up there and hopefully um, correct what's going on up there with speed. But overall, slow down and distracted driving because that's what's going to really get you is the distracted driving side of it. And so and a lot of kids that I talk to don't understand that distracted driving, everybody thinks their phone. Well, mm-hmm. something as simple as your radio going is a distraction because now you're listening to the radio. You might be singing along. You've already cut what you're supposed to be doing part of your attention part of your attention to the music mm-hmm. now you got another person in the vehicle and there's part of your attention again and so i really let them know like as a passenger you are a distraction already yeah. it's how much of a distraction are you going to be and so even riding as a passenger so i 
I talk to the younger kids. Hey, do you ride with your older sibling? You know, do you mm-hmm. ride with your parent? You know, you need to act right in the car so that it doesn't take their distraction or their attention away from the road and distract them. So um, the distracted driving side's a huge part of, I think, a lot of the accidents that are involved that I work up yeah. in my school districts. Great tip. Yeah, that's one reason why in the school permit process, only family members can ride, not not friends. And I think it's to cut down that amount of distraction that friends might interject. Yeah. Although I, I can remember my sons, you know, <laughs> they would be hitting each other, yeah. the driver versus. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you got to try to limit those distractions like that. And even on the graduated driver's license system now, um, you know, you don't get your driver's right. license when you're 16. You get your, your provisional permit, provisional operator's permit, and... And that has some restrictions on passengers, too, um, mm-hmm. until you get a little bit older. So, no, those are great tips, Brian. Um, another one that uh, is somewhat timely um, was related to uh, child abduction. And sadly, this is something that uh, an attempted abduction that happened in Cass County um, just uh, a week or so ago. What, what, can, uh, what can parents do to um, you know, keep their kids safe, whether that's when they're walking to school or they're being picked up from school? What are, what are just some common sense things that they can do to be better protected? So for me, you know, parents need to sit down and have conversations with their kids. And sometimes some of the conversations you're going to have with your kids are going to be uncomfortable. And sometimes you're like, do I talk about this with my kid? But, you know, in the world we live in today, there's things we need to share with and, and knowledge is power. So mm-hmm. if, you know, we're talking to our nine-year-old, we have to let them know, hey, if you're walking to school and someone pulls up to you, and starts asking you questions and you don't know them, you can just ignore them and keep walking. You're at, a, you know, somebody's house you're walking by, you can stop there. Sorry, just try to see if the adult's home. A lot of kids have cell phones now. Get on your phone and call, you know, mom or dad or somebody. Well, start vote, start or video. T- or video, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Th- those are all things that we can do. Um, you know, we, we're talking about the Cass County deal where it's something as simple as, you know, they were asking about, um, you know, can you come help me find my dog? You know, to a kid, that seems something very innocent. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. I could probably do that. But you need to, you know, as a parent, go out and, and talk with your kids, no matter what age they are. Um, because, you know, there's, you know, in a small town, I know when I was growing up in Elmwood, I was first grade, I was six years old, seven years old. I was walking to school. It was only four blocks, but I was still walking to school yep. by myself. Yep. Um, talk to them and just let them know, you know, what's safe and what isn't, what they can and can't do. So they feel com- more comfortable in that situation. Um, cause obviously the one that recently just happened, um, that, that child did a great thing and recognized and said, Hey, this is like stranger danger here. Yep. I don't mm-hmm. know what's going on. I'm out of here. Right. And so that was great that they did that that way and sit down and educate your kids and, and have a talk with them. Yeah. So. And talking about it, talking about scary things doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean that you're scaring your kids. Um, right. you know, you're, yep. you're prepared, not scared. Um, right. Absolutely. Sort of thing. We talk about that sometimes. So, yep. um, moving into, you know, kind of middle school and high school is when we start talking about bullying stuff, unfortunately. what I know you have a presentation. You, we, we could probably do an entire episode just on bullying. So uh, what tips would you have for students and for parents when it comes to bullying? So bullying, unfortunately, is a thing that's common. Um, it, it's something that I feel strongly about. Um, I, 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 you know, we deal with it in the schools. And, yeah, ab- after... I can't remember how many years I, I finally developed a presentation and now I give a presentation to kids and, and it really opens up their eyes um, because bullying, it, it can traumatize kids. It can do a lot of things to kids mentally, the mental health, and it, it can lead to suicide. And, and there's examples of that. You can look it up and, and bullying is a very serious thing. And so 
one of the big things that I find out with bullying is kids are afraid to come tell a trusted adult or tell somebody to let them know it's happening. And so it's, it's continued over and over and over again. And so one of the things I point out or I, I like to push out to everybody is encourage your kid. You know, if you're getting bullied or somebody else is getting bullied, stand up. And if you're afraid to stand up to those kids or people, whoever it is, go tell an adult and let the adult handle it. Because I know there's incidents that I've dealt with that it'd been going on for months and then we couldn't do anything because we didn't know what was happening. And so encourage your kid to stand up for somebody or stand up for themselves and, and let somebody know that that's happening. Um, the other thing with bullying that in today's world is, you know, they always said back in the day when there weren't cell phones and social media, mm-hmm. you know, you could get away from it and it wasn't as bad, not, although it's not, it's not acceptable. Time, right. Yeah. But now it's hard for, for kids to get away from it because people will post things about certain people though. You don't always name them because, and, and I've seen incidents like this. They don't always name the people, but it's still referring to somebody. They know it and it's still constant bullying, even though it's, um, through social media. Mm -hmm. And so talk to your kids about social media. It's, it's huge. Social media, it's the future. That's what we go through. That's what everything we have, you know, Mm -hmm. and I know kids are on every kind of social media app there is, it seems like. Um, but just, Pay attention to that stuff. And sometimes maybe, you know, if it requires you to go through your child's social media accounts, mm-hmm. go through them. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, we know quite a few people that do that. Yep. Um, and I've talked to parents that do that kind of stuff. And that's okay. I mean, they're your kids still. And so they're, they need to be doing what's expected of them from you and how you want to raise your kid. And so if it's checking their social media, go, you know, go through it and see what's going on and make sure they're doing things properly and maybe you're catching somebody else bullying somebody. And I think the schools are doing a decent job too of, of offering even classes. I think it's like digital citizenship, yep. you know, is what they're yep. calling it now and, and, and trying to offer some skills and tips for, for students to help them navigate some of those things that we didn't necessarily have to deal with when we were growing up. So, right. um, on the topic of digital citizenship, another thing that comes up, especially in our middle school and high school, um, ages is uh, is sexting and also, unfortunately, sextortion uh, is, yeah. is kind of the, the latest term now. Talk to us about those. So, unfortunately, it's a common thing at the schools that are dealt with. Mm-hmm. And some, you, you know, we have speakers come in and talk about this kind of stuff and, you know, give them information saying, you know, the sexting has is, is been a very common thing. So, you get somebody saying, hey, can you send me a picture? And whether it's something nude or it's half clothed, whatever it is, when you send that picture out, that picture is out there forever. You're mm-hmm. just expecting it to be out there. Yep. You know, they have the app Snapchat where you can say it's deleted. Well, do you know on the other end of that, is someone ready to take a picture with another camera? Um, does somebody have their screen recorder going? Because some of them won't tell that they have a screen recorder. So those things happen and we see it. And I want parents to know that educate your kids with these social media apps, maybe sit down and do some research into these apps and say, Hey, what's the positive? What's the negative of these apps? What's going on? And it'll educate you in, in, cause I'll tell you what, there's so many out there that I'm, it's hard to stay on top of what apps are being used and not. And so that's where, you know, talking with the kids, Hey, what's everybody using right now? What mm-hmm. do you know? What, what do they have? Um, with that, it's not just student to student either. It's, you know, you kind of, your sextortion stuff, you're getting 
people that will friend you that yep. don't even know you and you're accepting friendships from people you don't know and then you start chatting and all of a sudden the same you know they're they're asking for the same kind of stuff yeah and now they're trying to bribe you into you know maybe meeting them or sending more pictures or whatever it may be and so you know this isn't just a problem during the school year obviously this mm -hmm. is all year round and so knowing and educating the kids and really telling them and then if something does happen, let's say you do make a mistake and a photo was sent and now someone's trying to, you know, bribe you, whatever it may be, um, it's okay to tell somebody. Mm -hmm. We're going to try to make it better for you. And, and people make mistakes and we understand that. And so I know there's been a couple incidents that I've worked where um, the kid was afraid to tell and a friend ended up telling. And so that's how we would get into that in I think in the end it worked out for the best. Yeah. It, it did because um, everything stopped and everything went away and that kid was not worrying, you know, their, their mental health at that point right. is something to worry about. Well, yeah, I mean, the way that that, that works is typically, uh, you know, a kid makes a, makes a mistake and sends a picture that they probably shouldn't send, um, let alone to someone that, that is someone that they don't know or, right. or isn't who they, they thought they, they were. They think they know. They, they think right. they know. Or that too. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, and the next message that comes through is, you know, you need to send me $500 or I'm going to send this to all of your mm -hmm. contacts and, you know, post it on social media and all those things. And, you know, to a, you know, teenage kid, um, that, that can be a pretty scary thing because uh, you've got kind of the shame of that, number one. And then also just the, you know, the not knowing exactly what, what you need to do to make that stop and go away. So uh, we are actually going to be posting a video on our social media next week and it's um, kind of in partnership with some of our partners at the FBI that uh, it's a short five minute video walks you through kind of what that sextortion looks like and it's a video that you can actually watch uh, with your with your kids um, again sharing that information and talking through what what those things look like or what maybe are some of the signs that parents can look for and then also steps that parents and kids can take um, right god forbid they get in a situation like that so we'll try and share some of those resources on social media but well, Brian, um, closing thoughts on, on school resource officers and anything else that we didn't cover today? You know, I think we covered it pretty well. I just like to reiterate that I, I know here at Lancaster County uh, Sheriff's Office, our SROs do a really good job. Um, I respect the other two SROs tremendously. Yeah. Um, they do well. They work well with the kids. And like I said, if we're bridging the gap with the youth, making it a better place, better relationship between them. If we're in the schools, if we're making them safer for the kids, because obviously parents are sending their kids away every day and they are expecting their kids to be safe. That's yeah. exa exactly what we want to provide for them. Um, so, you know, here at LSO, we enjoy what we do. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy it. Obviously, I'm seven years in and I got another three-year rotation that I'm going through. So um, just know that we're here and we're here to keep your kids safe and we enjoy what we do. Yeah. So, well, it's uh, definitely want to thank you and, and your other colleagues for what you guys do. Um, you know, you represent us well. And it's, as you said, it's a, it's a, it's a value-added investment to the community uh, to have you guys there because uh, they're certainly, I think they're certainly getting more back than just the dollars that are going into to having you guys yes. in the school. So thank you for, uh, thank you for being there. But uh, appreciate the time you spent with us today, Brian, and uh, stay safe this year. All right. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. We want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening to today's episode. It's hard to believe that it's back to school season already, but here it is. Thanks so much to Deputy Brian Pitts for joining the podcast today to talk about school resource officers and back to school safety. 
We hope you enjoyed listening to the episode. And if you'd like to hear more episodes, be sure to subscribe and follow the 902 podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you enjoy listening to podcasts. We've got plenty of career opportunity information available at www.joinlso.com. Be sure to check that out to get in contact with a recruiter or simply to peruse and learn more about the career opportunities and benefits that we have here at the Lancaster County Sheriff's Office. If you'd like to get in touch with us directly, be sure to reach out to us on social media. Across most platforms, you can find us at LSO Nebraska or shoot us an email at lso at lancaster.ne.gov. Thanks for listening.